Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, Colt-centric. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host Matt Danley, thank you guys for coming back to the show, Uh, heartbreaking loss again uh, for the Colts, this time in overtime at home, hosting the Texans, kind of a bitter, bitter taste, I think, in your mouth that the Colts have lost this one, I mean, the Colts lose in week three. They lose in week four, both of which I would presume that most of us think that the Colts should have won those games, pulled those out. And now the Colts are one and three instead of a two and two or a three and one or anything like that. I mean, even in the first game of the week of the year, the Colts had an opportunity and were in the game and, and, and reasonably should have had an opportunity to win it. So a uh, little disheartening. Uh, I think – all in all, obviously the big, the big to do, the big deal is the fourth down call. Um, uh, personally, I I don't I didn't didn't agree with the call. Um, rewatched the game again today. Didn't really. I mean, <laughs> there's so many factors that were going against the Colts at that time for that play. Um, I just didn't feel like the Colts had the momentum going right now. They were, and, and we'll get into this uh, a little bit more in depth because I, I, like I said, I kind of outlined this game and wanted to go through it from top to bottom. There were some definite takeaways that being there live, I just did not catch on to. Um, I, I, man, the offense, the offensive line, there were some cracks here and there, and I guess I attributed more of them to the tackles during the game. But I saw some real stupid plays out of Slauson and some real bad blocking a couple times out of even Quentin Nelson. The offensive tackles, granted, they gave up some plays. But, man, they were dealing with Clowney and Watt the entire game. And I'm telling you what, I came away much more impressed with those two after rewatching the game than I was there live. Like I said, you attribute there were some stupid penalties, some holding penalties. And I don't even know. I mean, there were a couple that they could have called. One of the things that I noticed throughout this game a lot, especially in the third quarter, the Houston Texans were like just blatantly holding and they were not getting called. Uh, this was this I think there was like three or four plays out of maybe about a 10 minute portion of the game there in the third quarter. And I just could not believe that they weren't getting called. I was kind of waiting for those flags to fall and they didn't. You obviously don't see those live. But you you try to see those on replay, and I mean, I I just came away much more impressed with that offensive tackle group, especially for playing two high-intensity pass rushers. Then you've got Merciless in there. I just thought that they did a pretty stinking nice job of keeping Luck clean 
I mean, all in all, what he took, how many sacks did Luck end up taking on the day? Uh, took four sacks. I guess, you know, I, I thought it was like three, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, th- those didn't help. I mean, there was a couple of them where the plays broke down from all angles and there was no way he was getting out of it. Ultimately, a lot on 62 pass attempts, that's pretty stinking good. I mean, think about the Colts sacked Watson seven times on 42. 20 fewer pass attempts. The Colts got seven sacks. And the Colts only gave up four on 62 attempts. That's not the dropbacks in general. That's 62 pass attempts. Uh, I saw that the tackles were allowing Luck to step up in the pocket. They were pushing their guys out far enough on the arc to where they weren't really having much to do with uh, what Luck was up to. The interior did a pretty nice job throughout most of the game, giving Luck those little lanes to climb up into from the pocket. I thought he, I mean, he dealt a lot of those balls, those passes from climbing the pocket. I thought he did a nice job of that. Luck was fantastic there for a large portion of the game. But you could see kind of the polish that he had built throughout like the second half that it was starting to kind of wear off. There were some off-target throws and stuff. And, and maybe that should have played a little bit larger role in kind of maybe the pass play uh, of that fourth and four. Any way you look at it, it was a bad pass from Luck. People are talking about the play call. Frank Reich today talked about that, how they loaded the, the middle of the field on that play. And that play, I mean, he was right. They had that middle of the field loaded. There was certainly not another receiver that was open, not even close. Double, triple teamed. I mean, there there were so many defenders across those sticks line that you couldn't – there was no way any of those guys were going to be involved in the play. The pass was low, inside even. An outside throw um, has an opportunity to get caught, but that – I mean – Rodgers just didn't separate on that route enough. He didn't sell it enough. And that was ultimately, I think, the issue of why the the cornerback was able to break on that pass. Personally, like I said, I just didn't I didn't agree with it at the time. I felt like at uh when you can you have the opportunity here to punt the ball away when like I said, I don't really feel like the Colts had a lot going in their favor if you're looking at that ex- that very short window of time of that drive that drive fell apart right after the first play so I mean the the reality of it was is that luck was fantastic for a large portion of that second half but if you're looking at this drive after what just happened on the field the that drive the offense was not looking good at all not at all and so that's what kind of made me feel you know punt this ball give your Special teams may be an opportunity to make a play on the punt. Maybe give your defense, if they back up Deshaun Watson and the Texans enough, allow your defense, who was – I thought the defense was awesome for this game. I really did. I did not feel that way in person. It's really strange. It is really weird how you get a completely different view of something after you come back and rewatch it. Uh, I thought that they played pretty well throughout the game, but I didn't feel like they played great. <coughs> Excuse me. But they, I thought overall, after rewatching them, I thought that, I mean, Autry was a beast. He was all over the place. I mean, he had his stat line, which was, let's see, um, nine total tackles. That, that about rings true. Two sacks, four tackles for loss. Uh, but he was all over the place. You saw him in so many different situations where maybe he wasn't in on the tackle, but, man, he was right there. Their defense did a nice job, I thought, of really kind of honing in on 
And, you know, they did some interesting things. Like I said, I'm going to go through this, but I, just talking about this fourth and four play, uh, th- I just felt you allow your special teams maybe to make a play. Then you allow that defense that has made plays for you all season. That they've kept you in these games for the most part. Okay? And they have. There's no exaggeration to that. The defense has kept this, this team afloat for large portions of games. Um, allow them maybe to make a play. Maybe Deshaun Watson wants to push the ball down the field. Then you get a pick at midfield, and you still have 15 seconds and a timeout. I just – maybe, maybe that works. I'm just saying. That, that would have probably been my approach. I was not a big fan of the going forward on fourth and four. I get it. It's okay for us to disagree. I get it that a lot of people love the, play, love the fact that he went for it. They want the guts. What I don't agree with, for the most part, is the ridiculous uh, assumption that people are saying, well, we're not, we're not going anywhere this year. Ah, man, that sounds so stupid. Why does that sound stupid? Last year, Jacoby Brissett's under center. Jacoby Brissett constantly, Colts, one score loss, one score loss, terrible in the fourth quarter. Where, however you want to break it down, but the Colts lost a lot of one-score games last year. And what did all those people who were saying, I don't care, let him, let him do this, you know, let, let this happen, this fourth and four, I want my coach to have some balls, this and that. You are the same people now that are looking at this after four weeks of football saying that the Colts aren't doing anything this year. Why is it exactly that you don't want the Colts to do something this year? Why is a tie somehow now worse than a loss? I don't understand that part. Look, we're not going to fight about the fourth and four call. If you thought it was a good call, so be it. That's fine. I thought obviously Frank Reich was uh, right with that too about that the play just wasn't executed properly. It wasn't. But on the one hand, that's okay. We're just going to differ on whether we thought it was a good call to go for it or not. That's okay. My thing is that people are just giving up on this team after four weeks when they've been in every stinking game and should have won these games. That's what, if there's anything in the world about this team or this, this, this situation, this is what aggravates me as a fan. Just drives me absolutely batty. We have a situation where after last week, the Colts should have won that game. Okay? Check, 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 check. Colts aren't going downfield. They're not doing much at all against Philly. Could have won that game. This game, the, I mean, in week four here, the Colts literally could have had a tie. That's not great. It sucks. Don't get me wrong. Nobody loves a tie. Nobody wants to play for a tie. But let's, I mean, where do we get this notion that somehow a tie is worse than a loss? We're going to go through this and a lot more here in just a second. First, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor here on the Colts cast, uh, Mike Ernest and his Remax Advanced Realty Team and Indy Home Pros, the number one real estate team in Indiana. Whether it is using the latest marketing and social media tools to sell your home or using the combined experience of his entire team to find the right home for you, you can rest assured knowing that no one knows the ins and outs of buying and selling homes in the Indianapolis area better than Mike Ernest. Whether you live in Indy or any of the surrounding communities, Mike Ernest and the Indy Home Pros team can help. Put the number one real estate team in Indiana on your side by calling Mike Ernest at 317-285-9691 
or find him online at circlecitiesforsale.com. Again, that's 317-285-9691 or circlecityforsale.com. Um, <clears throat> back to what we are chatting about here. Uh, let's see here. I want to get into a couple things all at once here, so I want to make sure we're totally prepared for this. Looking at the AFC right now, why isn't a tie worse than a loss? There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams in the AFC alone that are at least two and two or worse currently in the record. Now, here's a little hint or just a little, you know, a, a, a little interesting nugget. When it comes to the final tally and all the, AFC, all the AFC teams are going in here for the wild card, those teams with more losses, it counts against them more than it does because you don't have that extra win. Okay? Same amount of wins, fewer losses. A tie helps you in there and gets you to the playoffs. So many people right now, are just completely pushing away the thought of the playoffs. We're not going anywhere this year. All of you guys, what if Luck was on the team this year? This We're talking 2017 when Jacoby Brissett is losing games, one-score games, nine times, taking, third or fourth, third, taking leads into the fourth quarter. All of these people were saying if Andrew Luck was on this team, the Colts win four or five more games easy. We just lost how many one-score games this year already? Okay, two. The third one in week one was ultimately a one-score loss at the time. Late turnover, score on that. I mean, that's – what are we talking about? We So you guys don't want the Colts to make the playoffs if they're not, like, guaranteed to win the Super Bowl? Newsflash, folks. When's the last time the Colts won a Super Bowl? <laughs> and then win before that. So the only time we really want to play or the only time that we really want things to make sense and go for intelligent strategic decisions about the end result of the season is when we think or some of us as in fans deem it necessary and that the Colts are Super Bowl legit contenders, right? That makes a lot of sense. I mean, are we event I mean we what we're 2 weeks away probably then, right? from the draft community talking about uh, keep losing so we can get better draft picks all of a sudden after week five. I mean, this, dude, guys, I'm tired. I can't handle that, that thought process already. It's stupid. It's stupid. Why do you guys – I mean, the Colts could get into the – I mean, you guys in 2012, you didn't want the team to, make, to, to be the wild card team? You guys didn't want that? I mean, they got beat. No, I mean, against the Ravens, but that wasn't – I mean – that was, you guys didn't want that? This is virtually the same kind of a year. When it comes down to it, the Colts have an extra loss now on their record that they probably should not have at the end of the season. At least one. Why are we just pushing that away? Why are we all of a sudden think, I mean, who, who, how is this guaranteed that anything's going to happen in two, three, four, five years? Is Sheard going to be on the team? Woods, Hunt? Who are these guys that are going to be on the team that it matters so much about this one play call that could change all that? I'm all for if you if you think and and Frank Reich thinks that that one call changes the mindset, 
for these guys, <clears throat> I think they're in the wrong business. You're not in the NFL because you want to win a championship. What the hell are you there for? People get not undrafted for that. People do not get drafted because they feel that way. So who are you wanting to bring on? I mean, I just think that I just think that that's a kind of a ridiculous uh, set of notions to say that this is going to change the culture here. This one play is going to change the culture. Taking a loss when we could legitimately take a tie and have a better opportunity if everything continues to stay mashed together in the AFC for a wild card spot, that that was worth the loss. Is that what we're going to say if the Colts are a half game out at the end of the, of the regular season and the Colts lose out on I mean, they're, I mean, but then by then, right, we're just going to say, oh, well, we get the better draft pick. That's how Colts fans talk after just a few weeks of football. Um. The, the, that, that's the part where I don't understand it. I want this team to get to the bottom. I don't care if it's wild card. I don't care if they win the division. I don't care how they get there. I want them to get there. Because as we've seen in several, several times before, you never know what's going to happen when you get to the playoffs. You get there, and you do what you can to win. I don't understand this. We're not going anywhere crap that I'm hearing so much about. I think it's ignorant. So, I mean, like I said, if you think that the fourth and four call was good, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you about it because different strokes for different folks. That's fine. But don't be stupid about, like, what, <laughs> what you want from this Colts team. Are you, I mean, so you're a fan of them losing because they can't go. That's so stupid. Think about that. Just for a half a second, think about that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Are we all so strategic now? Are we all so uh, gained on these simple numbers? And all this, and somehow going to rationalize that a that a tie is worse than a loss. Ten teams, ten AFC teams, with a record that the Colts should have or worse right now, but the Colts have a one and three record, and there's ten other teams that are 500 or at one and three that the Colts could eventually tie and have that tie not an extra loss and go to the wild card round at least I, I just like i said i don't understand the mindset of that part of it you want to talk about the stra strategy whatever i think it was much more in the execution of that play uh it was inside and low should have been outside i mean that th it was just a bad bad poorly executed play so we are going to go through the game kind of as I saw it um, in this one. I, like I said, I, I just kind of felt like this was a, a very interesting game to watch in all in all. I mean, it, it really, it, it really was a fun game to watch. And it was, it was heart stopping almost being there, but on, you know, watching this game in replay was, was quite interesting to me. <clears throat> I thought the Colts did a, a really good job on defense, and we'll get to a lot of this stuff here pretty soon. Like I said, I'm going to go through this and kind of just give you guys my thoughts. I don't know how long we're going to do it. You know I'm long-winded. That's what we're here for. So we're going to talk about this game in, in detail because we've got the Colts coming up this Thursday uh, against Patriots on the road in Foxborough, and the Colts could, you know, be 2-3. and three. They could be 1-4 by, by Thursday night. All right. So from the beginning of the game, 
uh, we we noticed that the offense was was suffering from a, a <laughs> the dropsies, uh, that fumble. I mean, the the drops were really bad. There was a lot of them, like in very quick succession too. Uh, the fumble, Watt, the the Watt strip sack on Luck. <clears throat> Watching that in replay, even in full speed, I can't. I I struggled to figure out how Luck lost handle on that. He's got to be stronger with the ball on that. Not a big deal, really, because he ended up falling on it himself. But then you look at what everything else transpired when the Colts had the ball inside their own 10. Uh, not good, right? Uh, I don't think that that ball should have come out of his hands. He has to be stronger with the ball. Then you have the bad snap from Ryan Kelly. That ends up a touchdown for the Texans right after the Colts. I mean, the Colts go down the field on their first drive. Really impressive first drive. Put up seven points. They give up seven points on the bad Kelly snap. The defense had managed to gain some significant momentum at some point. They were getting some sacks, forcing some difficult throws. Here's something interesting I noticed as well. Did not see it live. Uh, the Colts were rushing only three of their four down linemen a couple times. They kept dropping Al Woods into coverage, and it worked, especially in the early in the game, all the way into the second half, I believe. They were earn, earning sacks by those guys. I think uh, Autry did it one time off the edge. He, he dropped into a, a flat zone. And then he came up and, and made the sack on Watson. And then you see Al Woods dropping a couple times. They end up getting some sacks that way. It was, it was kind of interesting. I think that it definitely confused Watson because he struggled to throw it. But here's the fun, fun, fun part about it. The Colts were still getting pressure with just those three linemen. That was impressive. And I thought that that really kept the game kind of at a snail's – not at a snail's pace, but kept it close enough where the Colts were in striking distance almost all the way through, really. When you really think about it, don't forget, the Colts at the end of the half put a, uh, up a field goal. Could have been a touchdown. We'll get to that here in just a minute. But I'm saying this game was never really out of reach. It seems like it and was still a good comeback the way that it happened. But the Colts weren't really down and out. I mean, they, they, they did a lot to, to earn their way back. And you know what? And the defense played their asses off this time when the offense was down again. The defense was there to help. I mean, they gave up some stuff, but they, they were there. They were the ones that were making enough plays to keep this team in it. I mean, we, we get uh, that the, they were earning those sacks from the drop. Uh, for most of the time, we're getting rushed. Uh, very few blitzes again. There was a couple, but they were managing, like I said, to get pressure with four and three uh, most of the first half. Um, it really hurt the Colts' defense, I think, when Kenny Moore went down. Uh, he got knocked out of the game concussion he was on the injury report today for the Colts for that Milton was just not good he gave up a touchdown to Hopkins and Hopkins made it look pretty stinking easy there Hopkins didn't really push off and Milton was nowhere to be found I think that that hurt throughout the game because more would there's a couple plays I might try to put this on a film review or something of the sort of this defense and kind of how they're they're rotating in their zones and stuff but more <clears throat> more had a fantastic first couple I mean there was a catch that uh DeAndre Hopkins made that I have no idea how he made it because Kenny Moore followed him all the way up the seam through his break and was right in his hip pocket as that ball got there and Hopkins just happened to catch the ball I think that really hurt when when Moore got knocked out um the Colts started two-minute drill here at the end of the half we'll talk about this real quick they started it really nice. Then Luck missed to Ebron, then didn't get in the ball into the end zone. 
they end up having to settle for a, a Vinny field goal. I mean, at the end of the half, the Colts really, really should have been a little bit closer even than the way that they were. I mean, if you look at, uh, let's see, the end of the first half, the Colts were down 21-10. to 10. That could have been 21-14. And think about how the offense <clears throat> gave up two of those scores ultimately. So, I mean, the Colts should have been up like 14-7, 10-7 at that point, legitimately. I mean, you can't expect the defense. The defense has been pretty solid when they're backed up in their own red zone in the this, what, four weeks into the season. But you can't just keep doing it to them. The Colts have continued to do it to them. Throw picks in there, fumbles, fumbles in the end zone, bad snaps, touch. I mean, the offense has given this defense no help. And, and at times, especially when they're backed up this way. So, I mean, the Colts could have legitimately had a lead going into the second half. I mean, they played well enough, too, because the defense was there. And the defense was making plays. Not Don't ever forget created that. Equal. Nissan Rogue me with these ads. But the competition doesn't. Like ProPilot Assist that helps keep you centered in your lane. Some We're going to get off of that ESPN. That's my fault, folks. Again. <laughs> Anyways. Um... But the Colts could have had a lead. The Colts could have done it. Man, that's the second time that's pulled that on me. <clears throat> Sorry about my voice, too. <clears throat> I'm not sure why <clears throat> I've gotten so much. I'll try to quit clearing my throat in the mic. But I just felt that the Colts' defense was there. And, and a lot of people were saying that they didn't trust this Colts' defense. Tell me why you didn't trust the Colts' defense. They were getting pressure with four. They were getting sacks. They were they brought Deshaun Watson down on two plays straight as a, in a sack. And somehow we don't trust this defense. Okay. Um, the Colts gave up, what, less than 80 yards rushing to their running backs. Deshaun Watson was the only reason that the Colts gave up over 100 yards. I mean, I, I please tell me why you don't trust the defense and why the offense has all of a sudden got everybody's praise. Because of, you know, what, a couple quarters of Andrew Luck being great. I guess that's okay. I mean, you would assume some momentum. <clears throat> Anyways, the Colts go into the second half, and they're down 21-10. <clears throat> there was a, a penalty on uh, Phillips in the early parts of the second half. They gave him hands to the face. That was a call, like I told you guys about earlier, about how uh, Houston was getting away with all of these holds. He was held the entire time. That's why that is exactly why he put his hands to the guy's face because he was being held the entire time. I don't know if he necessarily tried to put his hands on his face mask. He was more or less just trying to get out of a hold that the referee did not call. Uh, it was a BS call. The Houston offensive line was holding, it seemed like, all day. It was rarely called, at least through most of the first three quarters. The Colts end up forcing a Texan, the Texans to go back to the run a little bit because they just kind of got away from it because they were trying to get the ball downfield. Uh, the DL of the Colts looked pretty gassed with about nine minutes to go in the third quarter. Hunt was on the field like every snap. I, they have to find a better rotation with him. He, is, he has been fantastic for the Colts. But, you can't. I mean, he was getting gassed even at the end of the first half. And you – need to keep that they they talk about that right that's why they wanted all eight of those guys in there because they want to keep these guys fresh he was not fresh at the time I mean he was getting he was getting beat up a little bit and yeah I mean he was trying to create some pressure but dude he was gassed he wasn't able to do anything a couple times it looked like the defensive line was getting stood up quickly and looked like they were just all beat 
Um, but all, I mean, all in all, the defense did their job. I felt like for, through the vast majority of this game, uh, the Colts started allowing too many yards after the catch as a result of this, you know, something quick in space and the Colts were having a hard time tackling. They were making some poor, taking some poor angles. You even saw Darius Leonard get gassed uh, a few times in this game. There were the Houston put up some long drives, eight and nine yard or nine play drives. Even if they weren't scoring drives, their drives were pretty tip, pretty typically, you know, at least six, seven plays. It seemed like, um, it's something else that I noticed too. The Colts didn't seem to give DeAndre Hopkins nearly the respect that he deserved in the red zone. Um, they just kind of let him run free too often. There was a, it was right before Deshaun Watson's touch uh, touchdown, and they like his rushing touchdown to the left, I believe. And then they just like the Colts backed off the sticks and let DeAndre Hopkins just settle underneath with like I think at the like the four yard line. Well, the first down was the easiest freaking first down or third down conversion, I think, that you've ever seen. They didn't, they didn't, this didn't even try to stop him, didn't try to keep him from having, making the catch. And it, like I said, it, I think the coverage on the back end suffered a little bit with more out. Um, they, I just couldn't believe how often they were letting him run free. Uh, Watson gets that touchdown with about 640 to go in the third quarter. And they were destroying the Colts defense at that point. The Colts defense had held up throughout all this time. Halfway through the third quarter, they kind of broke a little bit. I mean, they just couldn't help it. A little bit later, intentional grounding call was a freaking joke on Luck. Five, uh, just under six minutes to go in the third quarter. I mean, Luck gets his arm hit first and foremost. And second of all, look, you could tell that it was in the direction of a receiver, A, Two, Wilkins was right under – I mean, the ball went right over his head. You don't take into consideration that the ball – I mean, how many eyes are there in stripes out on that field? None of them saw his arm get hit. That was the problem with that. That was a terrible, terrible call. It set the Colts back. But here's the thing. Watt gave the Colts back some life with his offsides call right after that. Then Luck hits Hilton down the sideline on that 42-yard bomb. The refs start calling some penalties. There was an illegal contact on that pass to Ebron across the middle. That moved the Colts up a little closer to the end zone. Then Luck hit Hines on that touchdown. That made it 28-17 for the Colts. <clears throat> I'm sorry, 28-17 for the Texans. But the Colts were – I mean, there was a vast change in momentum just with Watt after – because the Colts went back on that uh, intentional grounding. Watt jumps across like a minute and a half before the snap. And all of a sudden, the Colts, you see their mindset kind of just change, man. Boom, 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 touchdown. It was quick. It was quick. And it was a complete alteration in, in momentum between the two teams. It was crazy. Um, there was later on, well, after this, on this next drive, after Luck's touchdown throw to Hines, DeSir gets that interception. Um, it was on a play, and uh, the Colts only rushed three, in fact, if I'm not mistaken. They dropped Woods on that one as well. Um, I'm not much for swing passes because they haven't worked all that much, but there was another really nice play call. Really loved the design of this one on the next Colts drive here after the interception. Um, they had this swing pass to Hine where they pulled Nelson to the right, and it kind of looked, you know, the Colts will pull Nelson a lot to the right. They pull him again on this, and you watched, I think they're keying on him because the entire Houston defense went with him and it was really well designed by Reich and, and the coaching staff. Uh, 
the entire defense goes there. They do the swing pass the opposite direction to Hines. Hines ended up having some room to run because of that. Everybody had to re, uh, start pursuit late to that side of the field. It, like I said, it was really good design. Go back and look at it. Right after the interception, that Colts drive afterwards, you see that play. It was really sharp. Um, then the Colts kind of, you know, hit the ground here. Uh, the Colts running game was awful. Uh, Slauson was terrible, completely missed on a pull to the left where he was supposed to kick out the defensive end. Didn't even, I mean, barely got an arm on him. <clears throat> and the guy didn't really move. He, I mean, the guy was not really, I don't know. It, it just was, it was bad, bad, bad. It looked awful. Um, and then he throws a complete whiff on Clowney coming through the middle on the very next play. Two plays in a row, Wilkins gets stopped for minus three yards, both of them, okay? Wilkins was stopped twice in a row. Now, Colts had to punt. They missed a great opportunity to put points up on the board this drive. The Colts were in Houston territory, especially before the two losses of three yards. They were on, I think, in the, uh, like the 42 or something like that, maybe even the 39 before those two plays. Two straight runs on second and third down, both for negative three yards. Go forward on fourth and seven. Here we go. We're going to do it. Ebron Fall starts. The game was 28-17 at this point. Why on second and third down, when you are down 11, are you running with Wilkins or any other running back on this roster when they put up, what, 40 total yards rushing, and that includes luck? Man, don't do that. That's This is kind of where the aggressive part of it kind of goes away for me. Like, go aft, go for it on those. Pass the ball. You've run for – they lucked out on a couple third-down conversions and were able to get run first downs out of it. Now, on second and third down on this drive, like I said, they run it both times, and both times it gets lit up, both because of Slauson and both because – I mean, and Clowney, Clowney was a big part of that as well. It just didn't – I mean, it didn't make sense to me why on third and you're still – I mean, it was, it was second and one after the Heinz catch, and then you go back four. So now you're at third and four. Why aren't you passing the ball on that? It goes back to fourth and seven after that. You're still going to go for it. Ebron fall starts. Now it's fourth and 12. You don't go for it anymore. Okay. So, I, I mean, I don't blame him for not going for it then. But I'm just saying, why are we waiting so long to go? Why are we waiting so long to pass the ball in obvious passing situations when the Colts haven't done anything in the run game? It doesn't matter that they were one-dimensional, guys. Okay, Andrew Luck threw the ball 62 times. Did it matter most of the time if they knew he was going to pass? It didn't. They just had to find one play where they could get four yards again. So, I mean, like I said before the show, I noticed that Autry had an amazing game, was always near the ball. Uh, one big takeaway from this was Kiki Kute or Kuti was just amazing for them. I mean, he shook Farley one time so bad and just broke his ankles on a third down conversion. It was bad, bad. Um, I don't blame him for it because he shook him. I mean, it was uh, it was he was driving inside across like a short crosser. Man, he planted his foot in the ground and went to the flat, and he had a ten yard cushion after that because he completely lost Farley. Um, he torched the Colts zones, though, pretty much all day. 
He had a, he was an intelligent, quality route runner. It, this look, Kuti was one of the biggest reasons that the Colts had had issues, if any, on defense. Um, they were the, the Colts also kind of got into trouble uh, against the run game and just a couple of the the bigger plays, like seven or eight yard rushing plays. Sorry about having the mic uh, that they were getting, but th- that defensive line was slanting uh, really heavily. And Walker was over pursuing. Uh, Darius Leonard was out of position a couple times. That opened up the middle for those guys. Bad. And remember, they slant completely to the one side. And if the linebacker goes with them, the Colts are in deep trouble. Okay, and that's exactly what happened. Then you've got uh, Darius Leonard on the other side here. You know, kind of acting as if he's going to be in coverage. And by the time he catches up, he, you know, their their running back is already you know a good eight ten yards downfield. Um, they continued to drop one defensive lineman, uh, and it was continuing to be effective against Watson late in the game. It was kind of interesting and good God, Ebron sucks as an inline blocker. The Colts have got to do something about this. He gave up so many. I mean, he, they just blew him up all day. Uh, it was actually pretty happily. Like I told you guys with the offensive tackles, the way that they played up through, uh, most of the first, uh, fourth quarter, especially good because good had Watt all day. And he, like I said, he gave up some, but good, man, I don't know. You guys watch it. You tell me. But I felt like good really stepped up and had a damn good game against one of the most premier uh, pass rushers in the league. Uh, for a guy who's a backup, that's a pretty good day, I think. I mean, there was a Pascal catch inside the 10-yard line with uh, about eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. It was huge. Um, like I said, I didn't understand the two point conversion with 7:41 to go in the fourth, following the Ebron touchdown. Uh, that made it 28 to 23, right? The, before the two point, then the Colts were going to go for it. They did go for it. It was unsuccessful. Think about if they'd have just gone for the extra point there, and it would be 28-24. Okay, keep that in mind as we as we move on here. Um, the touchdown was where. Uh, Ebron was uncovered. Luck barely got it to him in time. Uh, lucky to have thrown uh, it high enough on this play for that touchdown that it wasn't knocked away by the Houston defenders. Because you remember the defenders were in the middle of the field, and Ebron was all by himself over here on the edge. And they could they took off running. They still about got a piece of it. Very lucky that Luck put it um, enough air on it to where Ebron was the only one that could get a hand on it. Um, the Texans went two for two on third downs uh, on dry, on their drive late in the fourth quarter. Those were big issues for the Colts at that time. Uh, there were blatant holds being ignored again on this drive. Go back and look at that uh, where the Texans drive down. And they end up getting a field goal, not a touchdown. They end up making it 31-23. But go watch this drive and look at all the holds. I mean, there's a, a, a guard, their left guard, jerked down. I mean, literally jerked down Jihad Ward from his shoulder pads to the ground and then fell on him. Like they were opposite ends, face to butt. And he jerked him to the ground. It, I don't know how you don't call that a hold on an offensive player, but it was so stinking obvious. I mean, it, it jumped off the screen, literally. I don't know how seven or eight guys on the field wearing stripes missed it. But the Colts did on that one end up being the Colts act and, and then, and then the Colts are not the Colts, but the Texans offensive line actually kind of started to, uh, you know, protect Watson. He started to deal a little bit Colts up, bring, end up bringing a lot of pressure. And on third and five, they force an errant throw from Watson forces them to settle for a field goal. 
Like I said, now it's 31-23. It could be 31-24 had the Colts just kicked an extra point. I understand you want to be aggressive, but you can't just pick and choose weird, random times to do it. It needs to be intelligent, okay? When we're talking about earlier, why aren't the Colts passing the ball on third down and four? Why not? That's, I mean, that's not even aggressive. I think that's just smart football, right? You've got a quarterback. You're talking about, everybody's talking about how hot he was. He had the momentum, and he did. He was in the thick of the momentum at the time. And you don't let, put it in his hands. You give it to Wilkins, who's rushed for, what, all of seven yards all game on, like, eight carries. I mean, I don't understand that. And then you're going for it with, what, eight minutes to go in the game? Something like that? I don't understand. Almost eight minutes. Seven, four, or seven minutes and 40 seconds to go after the Ebron touchdown. Why are you going for two there? You know you've got at least one more possession in the game. You know you do. You'll be down four. You kick, they kick a field goal. You're down seven. That's, I don't understand the thought process of that two-point conversion. I just think, this, I think that a couple things here, starting with this and starting before with that third and four, kind of set some of these wheels in motion. Um, like I said, they get their field goal. It's up 31-23 now on the Colts. Um, Luck did a phenomenal job, though, of stepping up into the pocket all day. Like I said, the, the tackles were able to push their guys out, keep them around the circle, Interior guys were doing a pretty good job giving him a lane to step up in. Uh, but they had to. Um, what Clowny Merciless. That, that's a that's a rough that's a rough pull for a day, guys. Anyways, the final drive of the fourth was almost nothing short of perfect for the Colts. Great catches by Grant and Pascal. Slauson actually had a really impressive block on a linebacker, taking his feet completely out from underneath him, getting him out of the passing lanes. No hands in the way. The Colts had some good protection. Luck was throwing against his body to Chester Rogers. That was a great pass. Rolling to his left, tosses it to Chester in stride. Perfect pass. This is when Luck was at the top of what he was doing right here. Um, Get that touchdown to Hines. You step up in the pocket. Now the offensive line kind of squeezed on that one. But Luck had enough room to make a two-step jump up into the pocket and deliver the ball and kind of almost double-cocked it and threw it to Hines and got it to him for that touchdown. Now it's 31-29. It could be 31-30. And instead of going – if this now this. This is where you get your hero for being aggressive. And I'm not saying this – you know, sarcastically at all. I'm dead serious. If you're 31:30, and what time? Are, where are we at here? With uh, let's see, exactly where were we after that touchdown? <laughs> Less than three minutes. No, oh, that's not right. 45 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. 45 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Frank Reich's got an opportunity down 31-30 to go for two and win the game. Actually win the game on a play. But because he wanted to go for two, you know, what, seven and a half minutes ago, he doesn't have that option anymore. That's kind of what I'm talking about. There was no need to go for two at that point. There was nothing that required him to go for two with seven minutes and 40 seconds to go in the game. This would have been his opportunity. 
you get the opportunity. You're not playing a tie? Don't kick that extra point then. That's fine. Go for two. Go for two and take that. And that's where you take a win or a loss. That, to me, shows balls, too, because that not only shows balls, but that shows that you made the right decisions to lead up to this play. Um, it left the option open to go for the win. You get the two-point conversion. That's, you know, 32-31 to 31 Colts. Instead, the Colts have to tie with that two-point conversion. That could have lost them the game, literally. Um, they could have gone forward and just kicked the extra point. They'd only be down one still. So they had no choice but to go for two in this in this situation. But they could have already have been one point down. You see where I'm with this. Um, after this, Colts tied up. Good two-point play. I don't know what 22 on on uh, Houston was doing, but he was completely looking. I mean, he's just standing on the on the goal line, looking to his left, and Chester Rogers is right here, and <laughs> it gets like a gift basket pass from Andrew Luck to get that two-point conversion. It was weird. I thought maybe that guy was like somebody pushed pause on him for some reason because he was just standing there. I never understood what he was doing. Like he was, he was probably supposed to be guarding the goal line, but I don't know what the hell he was looking at. Like the quarterback was over there. He's it was weird. Go, definitely go back and watch that two point conversion because, like I said, somebody pushed pause on him. He's a robot. Um, afterwards, Colts pass rush, pass rush nearly gets to Watson. Watson's receivers like have like seven seconds because of this. The Colts surround Watson. He has to leave the pocket. The coverage is pretty good downfield, at least in the first four or five seconds. Okay. The Colts are getting around. Watson squeezes out, rolls to his right, and then stops and delivers to Hopkins across the middle. That was, I mean, how you expect any secondary to cover for seven seconds, especially, I mean, Hopkins, he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. I don't know. that It, it happened. It sucks. But it wasn't because things weren't going right in the initially. You have to, I mean, I guess you have to continue to cover. You've got to have a guy in that zone, I suppose. I don't know. But seven seconds seems like a crap load of time for me for this secondary to be covering. Um, I don't know how Sheard didn't get him also as he closed in on him because he was so right there. It was a couple, like, it was almost like the game against the Eagles where Sheard's in there and he's reaching over the top like a big bear and he's trying to get a hand on Carson Wentz and he slips out. It was almost identical to that. Go watch that play too. Just some points of reference here for you guys if you want to check it out um the Colts end up getting the ball back nice yak by Hines on a third and 10 to get this conversion here's where kind of all of this leads up to okay we're gonna talk about all of this now Hines gets this yak on third and 10 gets the conversion Luck throws a 50-50 ball actually is more like a 33-33-33 ball down the middle to Rodgers with two Houston defenders right there. That's a terrible, terrible throw. You are literally putting the game on a line on a bad throw, not leading anybody. There's three people standing down there where uh, Rodgers was. It was him and two defenders. This was an awful throw by Luck. By far, not his worst of the day. Probably it was easily as risky, the most risky throw that he threw all day. Um, that just didn't have good, I mean, he didn't have the percentages in that. He should not have let go of that ball. Um, the almost, I mean, you could feel like the air, like leaving Lucas Oil Stadium when that ball was in the air. It was a sure pick. I mean, it, it should have been a pick. Uh, we're lucky that Rodgers did enough to knock that ball down. 
Uh, there was another Ebron drop after that. Okay, now here's the questions. You have a bad throw to Rodgers on first down. Throws behind Marcus Johnson. Marcus Johnson ended up catching it. The next play to Johnson, he drops it on first down yardage on third and two. That killed. I mean, that was a killer drop. That killed the play call, right? So this is what's leading up to this. This is not the chemistry for a fourth and four call. My opinion, have your own. Vinny ends up going field goal, 34-31. Okay, now it's getting kind of insanely exciting. Uh, at least live it was. I would assume it was on TV as well. Uh, Hopkins drops perfect touchdown throw, though, by Watson. Did see her absolutely got roasted uh, on this in-breaking move. Uh, Hopkins is running a vertical, breaks in for a split second. He bites on it bad. Hopkins continues to go vertical and should have had that catch. This was right after he made an amazing catch across the middle in really heavy Colts defender traffic. I mean, caught it with like inside of three guys. That was a crazy throw by Watson and even a crazier catch. No idea how he did. The next play, Autry gave chase. Coutte ends up making uh, another amazing grab, moving the chains. Colts end up stiffening, though, in the red zone. They end up getting some pressure, solid tackling, good coverage on the back end in this part of the field. It was really nice that they stood up. They stood up again. The Colts' defense stood up again. Now it's 34 apiece. Okay. Nice catch to start the next drive. Here's the, here's the defining moments. Okay. Remember the last drive. Colts came off. Okay. Houston had a 12-play drive just now. Before that, the Colts had no chemistry on offense. Remember this. Okay, this is the next play after that drop from Marcus Johnson. Okay, nice catch to start the drive between Luck and Grant. Boom, 12-yard gain or something like that. Good, good. I mean, there it is. We Are we moving in the right direction? Ebron catches a pass. Should have been a first down. Instead, I mean, it should have been 11-yard gain. Instead, they give him nine. Okay, Ebron leaves. He leaves the field because the way he went down or something, he started waving on everybody. In comes Mo Alleycox. The dominoes start to fall. Ali Cox all but tackles Clowney because he's matched up on him one-on-one, gets the holding call on first down run by Hines. Then on second and 11, Nelson gives up a terrible sack. I mean, it didn't, honest to God, it looked like Nelson was just saying, go get him because Clowney comes through, Clowney makes contact with Nelson, and Nelson's just, I mean, his hands don't even go up in to try to stop him. He just kind of like, oh, what are you doing there? And just runs out of the way. Clowney just lights up luck. That's a 10-yard loss. Okay, big sack. Big sack. Allie Cox next. I mean, catches a pass, which is like 17-yard, 18-yard pass or something. He's so He ran so weird. I don't know how he didn't get lit up on that play. but um, So he ends up getting some yardage back. Okay, Luck's throw to Rodgers low to end it. That's it. That's it. That's those are the last plays that Andrew Luck threw. Okay, he had the drive, no chemistry. Colts defense is on the field for twelve plays. Go back to the offense. You have one nice play. Okay, then you get screwed by the referees on an Ebron catch, legitimately. So you have two nice plays. We'll give you that. Not our fault. Not not nobody's fault that that happened. But like I said, those dominoes started to fall. Mo Ali Cox literally tackled Clowney. Okay. Nelson gives up that sack. Allie Cox runs on third down to get it. Then you're at fourth and four. Okay? This is not momentum. 
I just didn't feel like the momentum was there at the moment. But they're, they're really – I mean, like I said, Reich was right to not try to throw that ball across the middle because there was like five defenders there, five, six, seven yards deep. When you're throwing – when you're running that fourth down play, you don't count on nobody being deep. So to say, well, just go deep. I mean, that sounds really revisionist in that regard. And it just, it's not probable because you would never think that they're going to literally stack five guys that close to the line of scrimmage. I wouldn't have, but he was right. They did. Luck saw it. Luck made, you know, the call by not changing the play. He just didn't execute the, the throw. That's, I mean, that's all there is to it. And that's kind of where it screws. Now it sucks. Um, I, I mean, then you get to like where their kicker is kicking off. They gave a pro kicker. Another kick, a free kick, basically, with the timeout to recalibrate his foot. I've never been a fan of the try to ice the kicker. I, I, I agree. It's worked in the past. It's also failed. It failed this time. It's failed several times before. I'm not trying to kill Frank Reich for this. And, and there's some, if there's any discussion that anybody for some reason thinks that I don't love the Frank Reich hire, you're a fool. Okay? Because I do. I am simply taking an honest opinion in my own and putting it forward, whether you like it or not. You don't have to. This is what I see in the games. This is what I would do if the you know decision were mine. The chemistry was not there the last two times Andrew Luck touched the ball. The defense had just come off the field 90 seconds. I mean, you were on the field for 90 seconds. I don't, I mean, you can't put that on your team. You have to punt the ball, hope that either you can do something in, in, in special teams or you can force a turnover because you want them, force them, put the impetus on their offense to be aggressive. Put the intelligent part of your defense back and, and try to make a play. I mean, I, like I said, there are so many teams so combined, so slapped together with uh, one and three, two and two records. This is how the AFC is going to be all year. So why not think about that at the time that, look, these guys are all mashed together. We're going to need a not a loss, plain and simple. I get it. You want the mentality of your coach to play to win. I understand. That is all great. But like I said, when it comes down to the end of the season and the Colts lose because they haven't that loss, are we all going to feel the same? I mean, I'm not. I mean, I, I just feel like the Colts had an opportunity there to kind of get away with some. I mean, it's not a win, but it sure as hell ain't a loss, especially when you're looking at playoff seeds. So that was where my part comes in. I don't think you're wrong necessarily if you wanted the Colts to go for it there and if you like it. I like that Frank Reich backed up his play call, though, okay? Uh, he liked the play call. I saw a lot of people saying, I agree with going for fourth and four, but I didn't agree with play call. I liked. I think that the play call was probably pretty sound. He saw what he knew he was seeing. Luck was seeing it too. Luck simply didn't execute on that play call. And that's just the way it goes. So, I mean, like I said, I don't really feel that there's much debate about this. People have different ideas about how they would you know, go forward with that moment. I don't feel like Luck had the momentum. I don't feel like the Colts' offense had the momentum at the moment. Uh, regardless of how well he had done the previous you know, 10, 12 minutes of the game, it just wasn't in there. 
Colts dropped a, a you know a killer there at home. First AFC South game of the year, lose it, you know, kind of in crazy fashion. But it was a hell of a game. It really was. Kind of the scary part now is do the Colts possibly start their first five games one and four? That my friends is a hole that the Colts aren't going to be digging out of. Okay, this is what I don't want. This is what look when we watch these games. The Colts should have come away with a win against the Eagles. They should have won the game against Houston, in my opinion. So that's two wins. Add that to their Redskins wins. That's three and one. The Colts could survive a loss here. Okay? The goal is to make the playoffs. Once you make the playoffs, the goal is to win a game. Then the next goal is to win another game. And it can happen. We've seen six seeds win Super Bowls. We've seen six seeds go to the Super Bowl. We've seen multiple four seeds go to the Super Bowl. I mean, just so many things, or five seeds, I mean. There's just so many things that could happen this year. I don't, I'm not listening to, I will not talk or have a conversation with anybody who is talking about this team isn't going anywhere anyways. Well, no, they're not going anywhere because they lost the last two games that they shouldn't have. So don't be a person that wants to make excuses for everything that happens just because he's a new coach. You can still love him. I love him. I'm glad he's here. I hated Pagano, and I'm glad, not as a person, obviously, but I hated him being the coach. I am glad that Frank Reich is here. But this does not, he does not get a pass on everything. The Colts could be reasonable playoff contenders at three and one right now. They could also have a two game win streak going into New England with some momentum and possibly knock off the Patriots for the first time in however long. I mean, is that not what you guys want? I mean, do people really not want that for the Colts? They We're not going anywhere anyways is still an acceptable response. Don't hit me with that because I'll block your ass. I'm not I'm not doing that. You guys, I mean, look, be, po- be positive if you want, be negative if you want. I don't care, but want the team to win. That's what a fan is just in case you're not you know with it now you guys are gonna (laughs) you guys gonna hit me with uh don't play to lose i get you all right well we're about to wrap this up thank you guys all for listening had a a joy in breaking this game down kind of by my own eyes and, and and mouth but like i said we've got a couple days and then the colts are head to foxborough it's gonna be a rough game and hopefully, I hope the Colts can just pull one out. Seriously, I want the Colts to pull this one out because a one and four start makes all of what I've just talked about complaining about people saying we're not going anywhere anyways. It makes it that much worse, and I ain't wanting to listen to it. So hope that you guys had a good night. Hope that you guys uh, arrested yourselves after yesterday's loss. Uh, we'll root for the Colts. Hope that they can pull one out in Foxborough this week. Uh, it'd be nice on a Thursday game. You can kind of rest your soul through the weekend here as the Colts obviously will be off on Sunday. Kind of get the mini-buy going. And then the Colts will be back against the Jets. So uh, let's all keep our fingers crossed for a good, you know, healthy end of the game and, and hopefully a win in Foxborough as well. So thank you guys all for listening. I'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts cast. P blue
Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.